Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now... Here's your host, Brian Barnhart. And welcome, everybody. Penny for your thoughts. News Talk 1400 DWS. On this uh, Wednesday, <clears throat> July the 20, July the 20th uh, of uh, the year 2022. This is the 53rd anniversary, by the way, of the uh, landing on the moon. We'll talk about that. A little bit in the next hour, we'll do an open line. We'll have the Champaign County State's Attorney, Julia Reitz, with us here in hour number one, coming up here after the opening break. Tomorrow, Urbana Mayor Diane Marlin is with us. Just kind of how the schedule worked out. Everybody was open this week, so that's good. So we'll have the Urbana Mayor on tomorrow, and then Jim Dye, who's always available, will be with us on Friday in the 10 o'clock hour. And next Wednesday, a week from today, we'll broadcast live from Big Ten Media Day. A week from today, as we get ready for the start of the football season, and things will be cranking up pretty quickly here for Brett Bielema and his team, and we'll be in the football in about a month. All right, if you have some comments for Julia Reitz as we get going here this morning in this first hour, 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. We'll take an opening break and come back with the Champaign County State's Attorney, Julia Reitz, in a moment. Nine eleven on this Wednesday, July the 20th. If you need some roof work done, maybe uh, you had some rain recently. We haven't had a lot. But if you've had some and you've discovered a leak or two, the folks at Roofs by Roger can help with that. If you go to their website, roofsbyroger, R-O-D-G-E-R.com, uh, or Facebook page, or whatever the case may be. They've got great folks that will work with you there. They'll work with the insurance companies on any repairs you need. They've also got a uh, kind of a payment plan, so... If you think, man, that's a lot to swallow right now, they've got financing available, so make sure you check that out. Of course, all the enhanced warranties, all that comes with RoofsByRoger.com, the website. Roofs by Roger, been around since, well, 1985, and Roger himself with 46 years of experience in the roofing industry. So make sure you reach out to Roofs by Roger 
if you need something in that area. Julie Reitz, Julia Reitz navigated the construction to get here. I did, did and on Windsor Road, too. Lots of oh, construction yeah. people uh, be prepared and uh, plan your routes. Mm-hmm. Yep, so if you're trying to get here today or at some point, just uh, be careful. It's the summer. It's That's the summertime. That's we do around here. That's right. right. Well, it sounds like you've had a busy summer. I you, have. You had a daughter get married? Yes, Is that what I, I saw? did, and it was beautiful, and I'm mm-hmm. so thankful and lucky. Um, yeah, so that was a wonderful family time. was great, um, but busy here also, of course, unfortunately. But I know we both, at, w- at one stage in your life, like when you're in your early 20s, you're in a lot of weddings or yes. you're attending a lot of weddings, <laughs> and then you don't do it for a while, and you forget how fun they are. Yes, yes. I and mean, it, it's just awesome. Yeah, and for her, I mean, she's at that time in, in her life. She, I think... They had a wedding every other week so far, and so it's been like a whirlwind, mm-hmm. different types of weddings and friends and family, and mm-hmm. it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm very lucky. I'm very blessed. Yeah. Doing okay otherwise, yes. in addition to all that? Yeah. We've yeah. just been doing a lot of stuff on our house. I've had uh, wonderful contractors and local businesses mm-hmm. doing fantastic work for me, and I appreciate them all. Um, definitely recommend that uh, we take advantage of all the skilled and talented people that work in our community. I'm mm-hmm. not going to name names. You all know who you are, <laughs> but uh, lots yeah. of good people out there helping mm-hmm. us out. So, Well, uh, let's get into some recent news. Uh, a couple of things. One, the Community Coalition met the other day, had some good news, and hopefully by, not, by talking about it, we're not going to jinx everything, but I think it's been a good half year. Better, not where we want it to be, but better crime, yes. shootings, etc. Yeah, I mean definitely the actual shootings are down. Um I, I would say, you know, we are taking a lot of guns off the street. Um officers are making traffic stops, they're finding guns. Um and that is a good thing. We have a lot of people in custody. Um I don't, you know, want to be Cynical, but I think part of the reason why the shootings are down is a lot of people are in custody, Mm. (laughs) frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, But we are taking a lot of guns off the street, and that is a good thing. But it's also incredibly frustrating because, you know, we get these guns, uh, these young men are carrying these guns, and they will say, well, I have to have a gun to protect myself or to protect my family. Um, Yesterday, I reviewed a report with an 18-year-old who... Mm-hmm. you know, had a gun in his car. And this part of it is very frustrating because it's hard to argue with how they feel, but obviously it's not legal. It's not right. It's not helping. It's not solving anything. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, kind of this circular um, circular issue that we're trying to deal with. How do we How do we get people to not feel like they need to carry a gun, that they're not legally or you know, any other way supposed to be carrying, um, yet feel safe in their own community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at what point do we get to that point again? Right. That's that's yeah. the key. Yeah, I saw some of the numbers, and I forget, uh, 22 or something in the last 30 days or whatever it was. Uh, yes. The numbers have been good. Yes, mm-hmm. as far as the stops and stops. the finding the guns. And, uh, and a, a lot of them are these what we're calling ghost guns, these guns that are kind of manufactured um, by an individual from ordering pieces off of the internet. Uh, we've been finding a lot of those lately. Mm, yeah. A lot of stolen guns always. Oh, 
Well, that, yes. That I mean, <laughs> I think you can assume one way or the other if a gun is, you know, in somebody's hands who's not supposed to have it, that it's mm. either been stolen or it was bought and sold inappropriately one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We mentioned people in custody. That was the other story we've talked about. We had the sheriff in last week about uh, the county jail. And, of course, the one downtown, they closed. And they're going to work on the satellite jail, which will now be the main jail, I guess, for the foreseeable future. But yes, that was kind of a big step. Um, yes. And I think, you know, it's been a long time coming. I've been talking about this for Oh, let's see, since uh, 2005, um, mm-hmm. shortly after I was elected, Sheriff Walsh at that time, you know, we had a crisis as far as uh, too many people in our two facilities. And at that time, we were talking about that the downtown jail was um, not modern, needed a lot of work, um, was expensive to run, having two facilities, the personnel issues there. And now, you know, we've gotten to a point where where we're having really real difficulty staffing one facility, much less two facilities, and the the downtown jail has only gotten worse as far as conditions go. And you know we've learned a lot in the years, in these years, as far as how to best house people and what people need when they are in our custody, as far as medical care and mental health care. And so our thinking, our planning has evolved over time as well. Um, so I'm glad that we're finally getting to this point where we're hopefully going to be able to solve this issue in some fashion. Yeah, and in the meantime, uh, the sheriff was talking about we're housing some inmates. It's Kankakee, two or three other places. Right. That's... He, um, the sheriff, has you know searched around to find other other sheriffs who have space. Um, I think in Kankakee they used to have a contract with the federal government to house federal prisoners. They um, don't have that, and so they had some space available for us. And the, our detention center is doing the same thing as well. The detention center is run by court services, by probation. So um, that is Mike Williams, who's the head of probation. But he's having the same issues um, staffing-wise uh, as far as staffing the detention center, and so we're having to house um, those, our juveniles who are in custody, out mm-hmm. of county as well. And so it creates a lot of logistical logistical issues um, for us in the court system. Yeah, I was going to ask you how, the, how that might affect you as the state's attorney. Well, it, with... it delays things, you know, mm-hmm. we ha- and we are trying to be very thoughtful and aware of uh, the transportation issues. Uh, we're trying to use uh, Zoom mm-hmm. a lot more if we <laughs> possibly can. And, um, you know, instead of having to drive all the way up to Kankakee or for the detention center, Lake County, um, and back down. We're trying to be thoughtful in when we have uh, have to have people in person brought here. Um, so it it creates a lot of uh, of planning issues. But we're going to do it, and you know we're going to work together with the defense attorneys and the judges and the sheriff and court services, and you know do the best that we can to keep things moving. Yeah, because I think Tom was talking yesterday about you know if you've got a. Def- someone in jail being held Kankakee, they could say potentially, well, you know, I couldn't talk to my defense attorney enough, and maybe Tom's thinking as a defense attorney, but uh, you, federal right. pe- pe- prisoners are held different places all the time. Yeah, right? I mean, a- we're not the only ones who have these issues, and some 
counties, you know, they're, they're, not every county has a county jail or a county detention center. Um, federal prisoners are held all over the state. Um, so it's this isn't unique to us. It's difficult, um, and it's going to take some um, some planning, but we can do it, and uh, we'll do it the best that we can to make sure our cases keep moving, and you know, and we're doing everything we can to to keep the system going. Mm-hmm. Champaign County State's Attorney Julie Reitz is with us for the hour. If you have some questions or uh, comments or thoughts, you're certainly welcome to give those nine twenty. I uh, had a texter here say we've had two shooting incidents on campus recently, including a fatality in the last month. Campus used to be immune to these issues. Well, I don't know that campus was ever immune. I mean, we've had shooting on shootings on campus before, and I, you know, I don't think either of the two situations that you're talking about are related or even really similar, um, and just happened to be the location where people happen to be, certainly the most recent one, um, those, the individuals involved there, the defendant and the victim, um, were in their middle 30s. They're not students or any, in any way associated with campus. So um, campus is part of our community. And, you know, it's frustrating for me. I get the alerts and I think, you know, all these parents of students up north and wherever they're coming from are also getting these text alerts. Um, and probably appropriately concerned about their children's safety. Um, so it, it is an issue. We want to make sure that uh, those parents are feeling comfortable sending their children here to go to school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, campus is part of our community. It's not immune. There yeah. are no barriers. To, no, oh, oh, to on campus, this, oh, we're not going to do it there. Yeah, right. it's going to spill over. Even spilled over, they had the fireworks freedom celebration, and then right. 10 o'clock at night, down the street from the fireworks. Yes, but was, uh, we're also, you know, we're not unique to the world. Um, you know, cities, we're all, we are all experiencing this incredible amount of, of uh, violence involving firearms. You can call it whatever you want, gun violence, violence involving firearms, I don't, you know, whatever. And And to me, there's not a, this is worse than that, you know, we've got these horrific school shootings, um, you know, we've got daily gunfire in large cities and in our own city. Um, this is a national issue. It's not unique mm-hmm. to us, um, and, and it's one that absolutely has to be addressed legislatively, but also within the home, within communities, um, in faith organizations, in schools. Um, we really really need to figure out why we are um, mm-hmm. so dependent on on guns and uh, why we are such a violent society. I'm sorry, I'm mm-hmm. getting philosophical. but well, That's okay. Uh, let's see here. Good morning, Champaign County housing prisoners at Kankakee. Pyatt County has a large modern jail as well as DeWitt County. Why are these not being used? Um, depends on the sheriff's, I guess, uh, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think if we could... If if we could house people in Pyatt County, we do have uh, one individual that is housed in Pyatt County, um, and that's based on a security and safety issue. But, you know, really it's calling around those communities and saying, hey, will you, you know, we're paying them too. So it's. Yeah, I think it was $60 a day, yeah. I think, per inmate, I think right. is what. So it's, you know, really a question of whether they're willing to take on our prisoners and also, you know, their staffing issues. 
I mean, for us to send people to Piatt County would require Piatt County to have the staff mm-hmm. to to support that. And, you know, I don't know what their situation is, but that is their choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things don't happen in a vacuum. Right, right. There's usually a reason for something. Yes. And, <laughs> you know, and these are difficult jobs. So, again, it's not just Champaign County that's experiencing this. Being a corrections officer is a difficult job. Um, and I appreciate them so much because they are dealing with people who are in um, in crisis. They are dealing with people who are, you know, who are angry, who are sometimes mentally ill, sometimes have substance abuse issues, sometimes are gang involved. You know, it is a dangerous and difficult job. And you're, you know, inside a locked 24-7 facility. Mm-hmm. You know, these are difficult jobs and we have to appreciate those who take them on absolutely 924 with uh, julia reeds you have some questions get them in phone email or text whichever route you prefer we'll take them all 925 back after this time out On a penny for your thoughts, news headlines coming up here in just a few minutes. MX Electric, if you need some electrical work done, our man Max Painter, 217-359-7293. He's been at this for about 20 years now almost. So if you uh, big, small, or in between, if you're uh, thinking, I don't want to bother him with this, no, that's the kind of work they do. If you've got a bigger project, generators, whatever the situation is, anything electrical, install a uh, yeah, one of those ring doorbells or put in a TV or whatever the case may be. Anything electric, he can do it for you. 217-359-7293. As we're visiting with Champaign County State's Attorney Julia Reeds. Uh, let's see here. There was a question about what efforts have been made to go after the manufacturing of these ghost guns bought online and delivered by FedEx and Amazon. Uh, well... As the Champaign County State's Attorney, I don't really have a whole lot of control over that. Um, legislatively, that is being addressed, has been addressed recently in the um, in Illinois, in the state legislature, as far as making possession of those illegal, um, specifically. Uh, because previously, well, not just possession of them, but if you are going to possess one, you have to have it serialized, um, because it doesn't have a serial number on it Mm. when it's manufactured privately and so they're much more difficult obviously than to trace um, through the system if one is found you can't trace it by its serial number back to whoever manufactured it so it is now required that they get serialized um, in order to be possessed legally so um, yeah so it it Technology and humans work faster than the law sometimes, and so the law is constantly having to play catch-up, um, and really that's what we're doing with mm. these these ghost guns. Hmm. All right, uh, let's go to Eric. How are you doing, Eric? Uh, good. Thanks, Brian. Uh, Julia, I had a question about a, a couple of cases that were here locally. I I follow Mary Shanks' articles in the News Gazette, and they're really helpful in trying to put the pieces together. 
And okay. uh, the first about you're probably familiar with. I assume you were familiar with them just because they were kind of high profile. But the, there was that one accident over on Madison Bradley by the craft plant where the uh, woman was going to work was was killed in the car accident. And the two passengers were like, you know, seriously hurt. But um, in her follow-up, I, one of the passengers was just sentenced, I think, to prison. But the other one, the driver, he ended up dead somewhere in Urbana. You know, like, I, I done, uh, yeah, so I, I followed that, and I was like, I couldn't believe that guy's story because he sounded like a real, you know, a real, uh, yes. uh, I don't even know the word for him. <laughs> you, you would probably agree. I would um, agree. Yeah, a real piece of work. Um, and uh, the other one was that that. That goof that was driving into the into the the jail last summer. I mean, yes. I could not believe that story when it happened. What, what was the re- resolution of all that, or what was the story there? He um, pleaded guilty a few weeks ago. I'm not exactly sure exactly when, um, but I that was my case actually. I handled that case, and he pleaded guilty for a total of ten years incarceration to a variety of different charges because that was um, kind of a that that was a series of events. Um, I I think mm-hmm. that what led to that, un, um, unfortunately, was a very serious meth um, addiction issue. Uh, mm. um, he he was evaluated by uh, Dr. Jekyll um, and had mental health issues, but did not, you know, it was not uh, an insanity issue. It really was um, that he was on high on a lot of meth that day. Mm. Um, I I would say... You know, after him being in jail and getting clean and, you know, getting sober over the past year or so that that was going on, uh, he looked like an entirely different human being than the day mm-hmm. uh, when he committed all mm-hmm. of those horrible offenses. He And I believe that he was truly sorry um, for what he did once he was sober. Right. And so that just speaks to the significance of substance abuse and meth addiction, um, because that was we are so thankful <laughs> that no one got hurt mm, that morning. Was that about a year ago? Yeah. yeah. And I remember, yeah. you know, I was driving to work that morning and I came upon on Main Street at that intersection, you know, all kinds of squad cars and police officers and the truck that he had stolen was down in the ditch and you know it was a chaotic and very difficult day but it also really showed us some of the um, safety and security issues that we had at the satellite jail that absolutely needed to be addressed and have been um, as a result of that as well yeah i was just going to say it was such a bizarre story i just wondered yes. what the whole link to that was and but my, my whole point was that the, the follow-up to all the stuff that the News Gazette does, especially Mary, is, is just great. So it's putting the pieces together is, is interesting to trace backwards. And, yeah, you know, so. well, and, and I will tell you, you know, I've worked with Mary, obviously, for many, many years. And Mary always makes it a point to follow up. If she writes mm-hmm. a story about an individual or a situation at the beginning, charging, arrests, that sort of thing. She always makes it a point to follow up so that that person's, you know, if if they're, the case is dismissed or they're found not guilty, she writes about that. You know, she doesn't leave you hanging or leave that person's situation mm-hmm. unclear um, in her writing. And I, I think that's important. I think we should appreciate that. I do. You know, sometimes she has to ask me difficult questions. Sometimes, you know, I have to, and it gives me the opportunity to explain 
you know, hopefully why we're doing what we're doing. Okay. All right. Well, thanks so much, guys. Thank you, Eric. Thank we you. appreciate you. Thank you. 934, our news headlines brought to you by First Mid Bank and Trust, providing financial solutions since 1865. Visit firstmid.com to find out more. Back with Champaign County State's Attorney Julia Reitz after the news. All right, Julia Reitz is with us, Champaign County State's Attorney, up until... 10 o'clock, and then we'll do an open line after that. Anniversary of the Man on the Moon. Today's National Hot Dog Day. Got some factoids on that. Do you like hot dogs? I you, do you like, like hot dogs, and I like hot dogs with run them through the garden, everything on them, but not ketchup. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm from, I am a Chicago girl. We do not put ketchup on hot dogs. <laughs> Put everything on, no ketchup. That's a no-no. Mustard? People Mustard, absolutely, okay. yes. Interesting. Okay, well, <laughs> I grew up on a farm west of Tolona. We put ketchup on it. Oh, so well. <laughs> I always say my grandmother's rolling over in her grave when people put ketchup on hot dogs. <laughs> All right. Uh, I had a question here about uh, text says, how can the DA office and the public defender share the same office? Well, we but don't. You don't? No, okay. we do not. And people, you know, people say that about public defenders all the time. Um, they say the public defender works for the for the state's attorney, or you know, we work we work with each other, um, mm-hmm. but we are definitely not on. I don't want to say on the same side. I mean, ultimately, I would hope that we're all trying to do the right thing. But the public defender represents the individual defendant and ensures that the individual defendant's rights are um, are protected and works to get the best result for that individual defendant. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we, the state's attorney, we might agree on what is best mm-hmm. um, and what is the right result. And other times we disagree, but this, the prosecutor represents the people and um, we prosecute the cases and the public defender represents the individual who cannot afford to hire his or her own attorney. We are not in the same office. Um, my office is on the second floor of the courthouse. Theirs is on the first floor. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they're actually likely going to move to the county plaza building once that gets um, gets resolved mm-hmm. because they need more space. Um, and they do a great job. They work very hard on behalf of their clients um, to, you know, to get them the right result yeah. and to do justice. And that's a difficult job. Um, it is, so. and it's a constitutionally important one. Absolutely, because if you can't um, afford a defense, you're right. you're assigned one. And that mm-hmm. is, you know, one of the bedrock principles of our criminal justice system. Um, you know, I always say the criminal justice system is based on protecting the individual against the power of the government. Um, and the individual has certain rights because the government is very powerful, and I'm I'm the government, and so that individual citizen has to be protected. And they have a constitutional right to have an attorney do that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they can't afford it, there are people whose job it is to take that on. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, 217-356-9397. Text line is 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Hi, uh, Brian. Hi, Julia. Yes, Julia is an A-lister. I've referred to a lot of my <laughs> guests this week as A-listers. Can she address... Uh, what happens after the two jails are consolidated with a certified jail number of 216 inmates while we're likely yeah. to still be housing around 300? Seems there will still be an overflow of 70 
or more, we will, st- we, we, will we still be spending millions to house out of Champaign County away from family and attorneys? How will that work? That is an mm. absolutely fair question. Mm. Um, and to be honest, I have raised that because I have a lot of concerns. Um, you know, we we in Champaign County are, let's call ourselves fiscally conservative, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I am concerned. But, you know, people were also very concerned about, you know, we've, we've, we've been going through this for years, you know. And the original plea was for more space um, because we were overcrowded. And that went absolutely nowhere um, with with the county board at that time mm-hmm. or the public. Um, and so we, over the years, have worked on coming up with alternatives to um, county jail incarceration. We use ankle bracelets. We do a lot of notices to appear instead of arrests. You know, And there's a whole thing that's going to happen on January 1st of next year as far as cash bail. That raises a whole lot of other questions as well. Um, and so we've scaled down we did scale down the number of people we had in custody you know covid and um staffing issues and and the the gun violence has led to an increased population again um but what we could get the county board to agree on um had more to do with uh, providing adequate facilities for um medical and mental health issues and um, programming um, more than it had to do with increasing the number of beds available. Mm. So that is an absolutely fair question, yeah. and I don't have a great answer for yeah. you. I've always said and I've always thought, you know, there's out in the public we can debate referendas or whatever the case may be, but then the people that actually do the job day to day – they have to live with the consequences of what isn't done or what is done. Which is a great summary yeah. of the no-cash bail mm-hmm. uh, January 1st debacle, frankly, yeah. um, because the legislature said, this is what you're going to do, and now we're all trying to figure out what that means on a day-to-day basis. And what that looks like. Yes, There's and a- not just here. I mean, across the state. Mm-hmm. 944, Julia Reitz was with us. We'll come back with more with our state's attorney in just a moment. Nine forty. You like her? You like Adele? I knew her playing some good music. Yeah, no right one to... wants to hear me sing. I promise you, but I can lip sync with the yeah, best of them. It's pretty cool. Nine forty-seven at uh, DWS on a penny for your thoughts. Champaign County State's Attorney uh, Julia Reitz. A couple of car questions here. Uh, let's see here. Where'd it go? Something All right. Oh yeah, juvenile, well, yeah. So. Juvenile. Yeah. What happens to a juvenile who steals a car on two separate occasions? Well, so um, we, that is a major issue. That has been a major issue. It really kind of ramped up during uh, the COVID shutdown um, when kids had time on their hands, I guess, or whatever. Anyway, um, we do see a lot of people, particularly um, those delivery people who are you know, working hard and they are in a rush and so they leave their keys and their car running and they rush in to pick up their delivery and some these kids are kind of sitting there waiting actually and they um, jump in and drive off and our police officers sometimes get into chases with them and they crash the cars I you know have constantly been surprised that we haven't had a kid who got seriously injured in one of these crashes Um, so 
you know, I hate to sound like I'm blaming the victim. I'm not. But, you know, protect yourselves, protect your property. Don't leave your keys in the car. Um, Don't leave your car running in public. Um, Lock it up and take your keys with you and protect yourself and and everybody else, really. Mm. Um, So we charge them. Um, If they're juveniles, they are in juvenile court. They can be placed on probation. They can be sent to the Department of Juvenile Justice um, if these issues continue. And, you know, so we we do what we can to address those issues. But, again, protect yourself and your property. Can Julia comment or say much about the individual who ran over someone with his car in front of Joe's Brewery? Um, my son and a multitude of others shared video of the entire incident, leaving no doubt as to what happened. Yeah, that case you, you is know, pending. Is it? Yes. Okay. Um, the... Police were able to identify him um, and locate him pretty quickly. Um, I believe flock license plate reader cameras were very helpful in that situation. Um, he fled the scene and then ultimately crashed his car at the um, the cemetery um, on on Pennsylvania and okay. damaged some um, headstones. And then fled um, from there, and they were able to locate him and um, get him into custody. And we, he, charges have been filed in that case. All right, here's a question. Could uh, Julia address how often or how common it is that subpoenas are ignored? And how long can one ignore one? By subpoenas, are you referring to, if you're referring to a subpoena to testify at trial, um, we do not ignore those um, mm-hmm. because. Obviously, we can't um, we can't proceed with the case, but we have to think very carefully about what we're going to do um, and how we can how we can handle them. I mean, first of all, if if we were able to locate somebody in order to serve them with a subpoena, we can that and they and they don't show up. We can um, file a petition asking that they be held in contempt of court and get a warrant. And we have done that hmm. in situations, and the police can then go arrest that person, and they are held in custody until they testify. And then it's up to a judge um, to sentence them on their contempt petition. Hmm. Um, so that is that is possible. If you're talking about like a summons to appear for jury duty, um, generally, you know, we could do the same thing, but that's not something that we really want to do. We want people to want to do their civic duty and mm-hmm. serve on juries. Um, so, so yeah, if, mm-hmm. if you're served with a subpoena to testify, you run the risk of being found in contempt of court and being held in custody. Did I uh, read recently about grand juries yes. are returning? Yeah, we started back with the grand jury process. Um, we stopped that back in 2009 when we were all um, across the county, department heads were required to cut, I believe, 8 or 9% from our budgets. And uh, one of the ways that Judge DeFanis at that time um, found some money to save was by moving from grand jury to um, preliminary hearings. And I agreed with that at that time. Mm-hmm. But now I think um, we have reviewed the process and we decided that it made um, more sense to go back to the grand jury as opposed to preliminary hearings. And we had our first grand jury um, last week, I believe, and it went very smoothly and well, and I think it will be a good experience for the grand jurors and um, will help our system move move quickly and appropriately. And, you know, the grand jury is a statutory process. Um, it's not like we're doing something new. Pretty much everybody else 
already uses the grand jury process. And I think it brings the public into the criminal justice process. It's another check and balance on the government uh, because mm -hmm. you have members of the public coming in and kind of reviewing the cases at the beginning and deciding whether there's probable cause to proceed. Mm -hmm. And that requires, as far as a juror, that's a little longer service time? Yes. Um, so it's over a three-month period, and I believe we're having them come in five times during that three-month period, okay. um, and generally for a morning at a time. Okay. So that's not like you're stuck in there for right. you're coming and going. And, and certainly if, you know, what happens is we call in, I think we called in like 45 people, and Judge Rosenbaum is the presiding judge, and he ultimately decides who will actually serve on the grand jury. So if people have, you know, difficulty as far as scheduling and that sort mm -hmm. of thing, that can be addressed at the beginning. A little more on the uh, jail. Uh, let's see here. Where did it go? Uh, who makes the budget for the jail? Because it's obvious they didn't put in maintenance dollars because a rusty door isn't that big of an issue if the building is maintained properly. I think well, it went more beyond a rusty door. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, part of it was that the parts for certain things just were not made anymore. You know, mm -hmm. the downtown jail when it was constructed, um, you know, the parts, the people who make those parts, those bu businesses aren't in business anymore. Um, but the county board ultimately is the one who sets the budgets for all the county departments, including the jail. And, you know, I think that's been... Mm -hmm. An issue that has been addressed over the years, but, you know, we are a very, again, I will say we are a fix, fiscally conservative county in a lot of ways, um, and we department heads run our departments as well as we can within the limits of the money that the board and the taxpayers give us. We have tax caps here, too, so the county board can't just go out and raise taxes, um, you know, and and to be able to fund these things and we have to put out referendums and we've done that in the past and they've failed so the taxpayers have not you know agreed to increase the amount of money that we have to work with and it's just a hmm. it's been a cycle for years text says more people in custody and shootings are down looks like we can arrest our way out of this uh, it's a comment <laughs> it's a comment <laughs> okay well, like i said there I, you go I think it's a – I like to think of it It, it is a both-and, mm -hmm. you know, not an either-or. It's not all about programming. It's not all about arresting. It's really all the things having to work together to make change. Mm -hmm. All right, a quick break and some final comments from Julia Reitz here just before the top of the hour. All right, just a couple of minutes here to go, or about a minute. Uh, editorial you might read today, State Moving Quickly on Gun Loopholes. So there's a little bit of news there. People can check out that editorial. Yes. And, uh, um, you know, this a lot of this arises out of the Highland Park tragedy um, and people saying, how did this young man buy these guns? Um, and, you know, he had a prior history of uh, issues, but um, they did not rise to a, a level legally where the state police could deny him a FOID card, particularly because his father signed off on it. And I say that I, I have a lot of I yeah. have a lot of opinions about that. But what mm -hmm. I do know is that my uh, friend and colleague 
and colleague Brendan Kelly, who's the director of the state police. Mm-hmm. I know you had him on we had recently. Him on, yeah. um, he's a former state's attorney as well. Um, and he immediately um, jumped into action to su- make suggestions to the governor and the legislature um, about changes that needed to be made to allow the state police to tighten up that process. Mm-hmm. And um, those things have have been put into place, unfortunately, too late um, yeah. for the, the victims in Highland Park. Mm-hmm. Hey, Julie, always good to see you. It is wonderful very to fast. be here. I appreciate you inviting me and yeah. all the good questions and comments that we've had this morning. Thank you to all of our listeners all right. um, for calling in. We'll see you soon. Anytime. All right. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at WDWS.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. All right, welcome back. Hour number two of a pinning for your thoughts uh, here this morning. You can join us on an open line here the uh, rest of the way, 217-356-9397. Text line at 217 217- Three five one five three five seven, and you can email us talk at wdws dot com. Hot and humid today, breezy, sunny, and a high of ninety one. A low of sixty six tonight. High of ninety one tomorrow. Is it going to rain? I don't see rain in there. Maybe a slight chance of a scattered storm, I guess, but that's not even in print, so I don't know <laughs> what it's going to do. Good to have you with us, however, wherever you might be listening here on this July 20th of the year 2022. Appreciate Julia Reitz coming in with us, as always. And if you missed any of that, you can go to the podcast at WDWS.com. It'll be up a little bit later today. Tomorrow we'll have the mayor of Urbana on, Diane Marlin. So we'll visit with her in the 9 o'clock hour. Jim Dye will be with us in the 10 o'clock hour. So we'll talk to the News Gazette columnist on Friday in the 10 o'clock hour. And a week from today, we'll broadcast live from Big Ten Media Day, the second day of two. Illinois is on day two. Sports Talk will be over there as well, so we'll do that a week from today on remote. 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. Some great pictures by Robin Scholes and the News Gazette in the uh, paper today and online if you want to check those out. Of the uh, Tom Jones Kiwanis Challenger League had their all-star game last night over at Eichelberger Field. Had a great crowd. Appreciate everybody that turned out for that. Had a lot of fun. Nice breeze blowing through the stadium, and we had uh, all kinds of U of I athletes out there. We had Mike Namoff's uh, dream team was helping out, so there were a lot of folks there to help the uh, youngsters be buddies at Eichelberger Field, thanks to the U of I for allowing us to use that facility, and had a great turnout and a great night in the 25th year 
of the uh, Tom Jones Kiwanis Challenger League in 100 years for Kiwanis. So it was kind of a great year, and all the kids got jerseys, and it was a, a very, very fun night. So appreciate everybody there. Coverage in the News Gazette today. Some of the other stories in the Gazette today. Uh, Urbana's Vineyard Church offering more than parking spaces to the scores of Carl Foundation Hospital employees forced to adjust. During the Champaign County Fair, there's coffee and kind words, too. That story's in there. Homer Village Board taps White for President's Post. That story in the News Gazette today. The uh, Farm Family of the Week is in there as well. Teresa Meach column and Jim Dye's column. The Kurt uh, Loveless case ending not with a bang, but with $4.5 million. Jay Simpson's column in there today. A couple of Illini baseball players drafted. And a report out says Illini get UCLA in the Roman main event. I believe that's the uh, basketball event in Las Vegas. And, of course, Illinois will be playing Texas in New York City in December as well. So those are some of the things that are on the docket as far as uh, locally. And i got some other fun facts we'll throw in the mix as well. And today, the anniversary of the moon landing. Remember that? 53 years ago. It's going back now in time. We'll relive that couple of moments at the very end in history coming up here in just a little bit. All right, some other texts that have come in. Uh, hi, Brian. Funny how the governor got COVID after two shots and two boosters and has decided to take an emergency pill. Some uh, oral treatment, I think. Uh, wonder why this has happened. Yeah, the variant uh, that's out there now, I guess, uh, spreads really fast. And the governor got it. So he says he'll go in isolation for five days, and we'll see him in a few days. I guess he was uh, down at a donor visit down in Florida. And all the he's never said, and he won't ever say it, but he's kind of doing the things like someone does when they might run for president in a year or two. But they'll never say that. But that's probably, reading tea leaves, that's what he's thinking about anyway, or at least testing the waters to see what he could do there. Good morning, Joe. You talking to me? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Well... I think Tom Bruno was callous in his statements that being a police officer is not a deadly job because could he stand there and until Scott Overheim's wife and children that? How about the police officer in, in Chicago that got shot? Sometimes Scott, you know, Tom Bruno is a nice person. But I think he sticks his foot in his mouth, just like Mr. Trump used to. I mean, Trump used to not have people telling him what to say, which was good. And sometimes, just like when he said that people need to inject themselves with bleach, I think he overstepped his boundaries when he said that. I ain't saying Trump was a bad person. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, well, and yeah, well, a couple of things. One, I, when Trump was saying that, I think, if I remember hearing it, he was saying, wouldn't it be cool if we could do that? Is what, you know, and yes, it was a goofy thing to say, and it was like, you know, why would you even, why would you even 
bring that up for people to even hammer you with it or give people the idea that that might work because you're the president and stuff you say as president, people kind of take seriously. And, I, yeah, I get that. And I think what Tom was was saying was that all the public employees, whether they're police officers or snowplow drivers or electrical workers or whatever, uh, are all important and should be valued. Uh, but I think that I think most people understand that police work and firework, fireworks, uh, firefighters are very dangerous work. And I would think even the snowplow folks would say, "Yeah, I think those jobs are probably more dangerous." So, you know, well, that that might be, but I don't think anyone in their right mind would want to be a police officer right now because you pull somebody over, they might have a gun that's going to overpower you. You might go to a domestic dispute and his wife and he both beat you up and uh i think it was really crazy is this guy that shot some guy on campus he said he wasn't in his right mind but then if you go through your guys going through his pockets he knew what he was doing that's that's crazy Hmm. all right well thank you joe very good good to hear from you thank you 1017 at dws on a penny for your thoughts speaking of that uh somebody says i heard tom bruno's comments about the snowplow people compared to police officers i think it was disrespectful to the law enforcement i'd like for him to go tell amber oberheim and jeff creel they're Jobs are not as important as snowplow people. I don't think he'll have the guts to do that or tell the whole police force the same thing. How many Black Lives Matter people has he represented? Just curious. Um, Okay, appreciate the tag. I don't know who he represents, what that would have to do with anything. He's an attorney, and people need representation, uh, regardless of their color or who they are. And, yes, it was not Scott Oberheim. It was Chris Oberheim, who was the officer that was shot. Yeah, I, you know, obviously some some jobs that people do, whether they're public employees or who they are, is more dangerous than others. And, uh, you know, I think that's, that is pretty obvious. Uh, let's see here. 217-351-5357 is the text line. One comment earlier, drug dealers are taking out more people than guns. The situation seems to be judged differently because the person dying freely took a drug, while persons involved in gun deaths are apparently more important, question mark. A listener says, I don't know, I think any any human life is important. I mean, no matter how they wind up perishing, I mean, whether they did drugs or guns or whatever the case may be, But I assume you're talking about the charges that are made or whether it's guns or drugs or what the different sentencing is for those different things. I, I would assume they're all a little different. Okay, I think I'm caught up. If there are more, uh, Ed will send them in to me, 1019 at DWS. Let me get a break in. Back with more on an open line up until 11 on Penny. And 22, 
On this Wednesday, we had Julia Reitz on in the first hour, doing an open line up until 11 o'clock today, 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. This day, 1969, humans first set foot on the moon. You may remember that 53 years ago today. And I believe we have the Wayback Machine up and running, and here's what that sounded like. 20 feet down, two and a half, picking up some dust. 30 feet, two and a half down, big shadow. Four forward, four forward, drifting to the right a little. Down a half, contact right. Okay, engine stop. Houston, uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Roger, Twink. Tranquility, we copy you on the ground. You got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot. Okay, Neil, we can see you coming down the ladder now. I'm uh, at the foot of the ladder. The limb footbeds are only uh, uh, depressed in the surface about uh, one or two inches. I'm going to step off the limb now. The famous words uttered 53 years ago today from the moon. The great uh, promise by President John F. Kennedy by the end of the decade to get a man on the moon. A big deal back then, and they got it done in 1969. So don't know what you were doing on that day. If you were watching it, you got to be of a certain age to remember it. And I think I was four. At the time. Yes, four. So I may or may not remember it, but I'm sure there are those of you that do. So if you were there and you watched it, you heard it, that's what it sounded like. And, of course, Walter Cronkite, I remember how excited he was. He, The ever cool, calm, and collected journalist even kind of got caught up in the, the moment of seeing a man on the moon. That was pretty cool. This also uh, National Hot Dog Day, third Wednesday in July. And here's a couple of little factoids. A hot dog is not a sandwich, although that's an argument that goes on. But they are uniquely American based on German and Viennese sausages. Were originally called Wieners or Franks. Hot dog fun facts here for you. Mustard is the most popular topping in America. We heard Julia say she never puts ketchup on them. That would you don't do that to a hot dog, but I don't know that's the way I did it. Uh, and that's what this says. It's actually considered wrong to eat your hot dog with a ketchup or a knife and fork. Seven <laughs> Eleven uh, sells a hundred million grilled hot dogs every year. Americans eat more than 25 million hot dogs at baseball games every year. 25 million. And how much a how much a hot dog? What are they now? Seven, eight bucks, I think, at the game. And the Germans claim hot dogs were invented in 1487 in the city of Frankfurt, hence the name Frankfurter. All right, Steve is with us. Good morning, Steve. Hey, a story about a man on the moon walking yeah. on the moon. 
So he jumps off, you know, it says one small step for man, large leap for mankind. Yep. They had, they had him recording, and when he got back on the ladder to go into the ship, I'm going to change the name just to... He was recorded saying, good luck, Mr. Pasquale. And so when he got back to Earth and they interviewed him and everything, they said, hey, what, what was the deal with you were saying, good luck, Mr. Pasquale? Who's Mr. Pasquale? Well, I can't say anything because... Uh, I don't want to get anybody in trouble or whatever. So this went on. He got he got asked that question years and years and years. And many, many years later, Pasquale had died, so they'd asked him what was the story on that. He says, well, you know, when I was a kid, I used to live next door to Mr. Pasquale, and we were playing hide-and-seek one night, and I was hiding by – I was leaning up against his bedroom wall, and the window was open, and I heard Mrs. Pasquale say, You'll get that when the when the first man walks on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> and so the story came out. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty Don't wild. Know if it's true or not, yeah. but they had interviewed him on TV, and this was a story that he had said. So, you know, <laughs> good story, though. I that that is. I, it, it, it is amazing to think what was going through his mind or their minds. I mean, it'd be interesting just to. Uh, transcribe the thoughts in their head as Absolutely. they were landing and what they didn't say because i mean that's just it was just like i said even walter cronkite was stunned yeah so well we were outside believe it or not playing hide and seek and we were called inside to watch this on the tv so we ran inside and we all sat down around this big black rca victor television set it was a metal cabinet and looked like a robot sitting on the coffee table and uh, watch that happen, you know, on TV. Mm. Just, you can't can't hardly believe that you did. You're, you you were watching this, you know. Mm-hmm. Seemed seemed unreal, I guess. Yep. Yep. For sure. Back in the good old days. Right? That's right. <laughs> hey, good old days of oh, black and white, black and white TV. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Had to go up and turn the antenna on the roof to get oh, a yeah. better reception. Absolutely. I remember my daughters trying to explain to them. When they would see old TV shows that I'd be watching or something, you know, whatever, Andy Griffith or, or um, sure. you know, uh, Get Smart or whatever, and they were like, Dad, why is it black and white? What, what's the deal with that? Yeah. Where's the color? <laughs> yeah. I said, that's yeah. the way it was. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Greg, or Steve. Thank you. you yep. You bet. Very you good. Bet. Appreciate it. Uh, we've got Jeff in line here next. Hi, Jeff. Not Jeff, how are you? I'm Jeff. Yeah. How are you today, sir? Good, good. I was, I was just wanted to, you know, the uh, the January 6th thing, and uh, they seem, and nine, uh, the, the commission cannot seem to find anything about the uh, Secret Service text messages on that day. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yeah. Um, they... Well, my, my suggestion is, is if they would find Hunter, Hunter Biden's laptop, they would find that information along with Hillary's emails address all of her emails so they're all in the same place i think so yeah don't you yeah. <laughs> well i got no clue yeah now there was well, some, no. there was something about they had a scheduled maintenance or something going on and that's what i'm saying so did hillary and so yeah. did you know all this stuff just miraculously disappears yeah maybe that's where so, the uh, uh how much uh 
was missing from Rosemary Woods uh, in the White House with the Nixon Watergate. How many how many minutes was that? Maybe it's in there too. Uh, you know what? I wish I could just anyway. Never mind. But no, I'm saying that you know they're trying to find it, and but but the liberal media did not try to find any of Hillary's stuff or yep. any of the mm-hmm. Hunter Biden stuff. They're just trying to find stuff negative against Trump. Yeah, they weren't uh, they weren't too interested in that at the time, were they? The Biden laptop. Oh, I think they said it was it was Russian disinformation. So. There's there's still not only if it comes back to haunt uh, uh, President Trump. That's all they're concerned about. Anyway, that's all I have. Hey, to say. thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Sir, Appreciate you calling and checking in with us. Thank you. Ten thirty one at DWS on a penny for your thoughts. Uh, catsup on a hot dog is the worst. A listener says, really? I never gave any thought to that. I've been putting ketchup on a hot dog since I was a little kid. I don't. That doesn't seem like a big leap, but I guess for a lot of people it is. Interesting. And uh, God help us if Pritzker or Newsom from California run for the presidency and succeed. I don't see how it could possibly for either of them to win, though. All folks have to do is look at the failed states of Illinois and California. On the Castle Heating and Cooling Tech. Hey, we got a balanced budget here, don't we? <laughs> That's what they tell me. We're in good shape. We've paid off our uh, debts. We've got you know, we got some help from the federal government. We got some money there and things are going beautifully, aren't they? Here in Illinois. <laughs> That's the message he's going to sell. Right? Fritzker's going to sell, for sure. Why not? All right, 1032 on DWS. News headlines here real quick, and then back to the phones and the emails and the text. Uh, we got the anniversary of the moon landing, some hot dog stuff just for fun in there. It can be fun. It can be serious. It can be neither one of those. It can be something else, strange or whatever. Back in a moment. Lots of folks here on the line. Let's go to David. How are you doing, David? Good good morning, sir. How are you Good. What's up? Not much. Um, I was 11 when when the ship landed on the moon. Mm -hmm. We had just gotten home from the Sangamon County Fair in New Berlin, and we got called into the TV course black and white that's our era from there and i watched the moon landing so that was quite a quite a feat to watch it and um of course um uh, you know that yesterday was the anniversary of mary joe Kopechny being killed by teddy and that kind of helped him out a little bit by stealing the headlines with that I had a bumper sticker on the back of my truck that said, Ted Kennedy's car has killed more people than my gun. 
I'd have loved to have gone through Massachusetts with that one, but that didn't happen. Mm. Yeah, that was Chappaquiddick. Then, yeah, Chappaquiddick. That kind yeah, of haunted him. The rest of, uh, Chappaquiddick haunted him the rest of his political career too. Yeah, it really took his uh, his presidential career down the tubes, more or less. And then, um, as far as the Secret Service having their messages being deleted, mm-hmm. what? Uh, why is nothing said about? Hillary Clinton, when she bleached her server and made fun of it, and then, and this was after a court order told her that she needed to keep everything, and all of her staff members started taking a hammer to, to their cell phones and beating them up and destroying everything, and um, I don't know if you remember this or not, but a lot of Hillary's emails came up on Anthony Weiner's computer when they were looking through it. Huma, his wife at the time, was um, Hillary's uh, confidant or, mm-hmm. a, or aide. And somehow, some way, Anthony Weiner ended up with a lot of hers. Of course, nothing was said or done about that either. But, uh, yeah, quite a day in history. I could not imagine. Uh, I mean, you know, that would be like uh, our forefathers back in the day going out and trailing a braze from here to California. Um, going to the moon, I mean, you know, you went to the moon and it messed up like Apollo, was it 11 that had the problem? Uh, 13, right? Houston, we have 13, yeah, 13 there you yeah. go. I mean, you know, you you have a mess up out there, where do you go? It's, you know, you're there for the rest of your life spinning around. So they they had some, uh, they had some guts back then to, to do that. They did. So. Yep. Yep. Uh, quite a day in history, if you ask me. Yes, and it was. It just shows what happens when Americans put their heads to it, and they get something done. And you know, within a short period of time, we were on the moon. Unlike today, where it takes years to just even get one little thing to get going today. Hmm. Yep. You know, nation was united behind them for sure. Yep. Well, take care and have All a right. good afternoon. Thanks, David. You too. Appreciate you. Ten thirty nine. Huma Abedin, by the way, the former aide to uh, Hillary Clinton, that was mentioned. That was married to Weiner, Anthony Weiner. Um, Huma Abedin's now dating Bradley Cooper. I don't know if you saw that little entertainment news thrown in the mix here on Penny. Hi, uh, Greg. How you doing? Hello. You there, Greg? Okay, I guess not. Uh, Texter says, I like to mix both ketchup and mustard on a hot dog or a corn dog. Yummy. And another Texter says, go to Portillo's and get two Chicago dogs today, Brian. You'll know what a proper hot dog looks like. Now, see, people here often, you know, they poke a little fun at my my palate because I'm a, I'm a <laughs> let's just say my uh, taste buds are limited, okay? Let's just say that. People kind of poke fun. It's kind of a thing around here. But, you know, I like plain hamburgers or, you know, nothing on this or I eat my cereal dry or I've got, you know, so I, you know, I just like ketchup on my hot dog. It's pretty simple. But if you want to put all that other stuff on it, relish and other stuff, that's okay. You go ahead. (laughs) But I'm just kind of a plain food guy. But I guess I could go look and see what it looks like. Right. Uh, good morning, Brian. Did you know that the moon's orbit is slowly moving away from Earth? I 
Did not know that. All right, I'm with you, Brian. I put catsup on my hot dog along with mustard and relish. It's not a hot dog without relish. I will be having hot dogs for my lunch today. It is National Hot Dog Day, by the way. So there you go. You can do that. 1041, quick break. Back with more here, open line up until 11 o'clock on a penny for your thoughts. All right, 1044, 80 degrees here, headed for a high of 91 on this uh, sunny day. Your high school students starting the college application process this summer and fall. Ensure your decisions make good financial sense. Busey can help. Students and parents overestimate college costs by as much as 200%. Half of prospective students overestimate loan payments by 50%. 61% of students who didn't file the fee, the free application for federal student aid, FAFSA, yeah, the old FAFSA form, thought they were ineligible for aid, yet one-third of those who didn't file would have qualified for Pell Grants. 529 savings plans, those are good plans to get into as well. Open to anyone regardless of income level. Busey Bank can help you with all of this. College is closer than you think. And having had, let's see, what do we have? We have two already done with college. We have another one who's about done and one who's about to enter college. It is closer than you think. It comes at you fast. Team of Associates at Busey will ensure you're on track. Stop by one of their many convenient locations today or give them a call at 1-800-67-BUSEY. And uh, make sure you plan this accordingly. And if you've got young kids and you're just getting started, uh, be thinking about saving or somebody saving a grandparent or somebody do something over the course of the next you know, 15, 16 years, because trust me, you will need it, and you will appreciate it, just so you know. All right, Greg is with us. Hi, Greg. Hey, Brian. I'm in Monticello, and our cell service down here is not the best. Oh, okay. Uh, I have a two-part question or a, a comment. Uh, the people in Champaign that complain about Tom Bruno – they ought to just quit voting for him. That's how you get rid of people like that. He's been on there how long? 25 years? Long. Way, way too long. But uh, earlier I sent a two-part email to mm-hmm. Mrs. Reitz about uh, housing prisoners outside of Champaign County. Hyatt County, they've, they house them from all over the place. I don't know if they're full out there, but they we had Chicago for a long time, made the county some money. Mm-hmm. One of them got hurt in a fight and sued the county, and the, our sheriff decided to uh, end that program. But the question I had for Mrs. Reitz was about these uh, repeat gun offenders, felons. Mm-hmm. There's a federal, there's a way they can charge that in federal court, and I just want to know why, why, and why she's not doing that, and if she is, uh, how successful is that for them? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I see the the second half of it. Okay. Yeah. I missed that. And also the. Okay. Uh, the thing about these emails that they can't find, if you've got an iPhone or any kind of modern phone, those those texts and emails are on somebody's server. 
if you've got an iPhone, you can get them on, uh, get on your iPhone account and look all of them up. But uh, hmm. on the cloud, the fact that they right. can't, on they're in they're in somebody's cloud. You bet yeah. they are. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. But uh, yeah, all right. You know, I think this whole you know I I don't agree with what happened on uh, January sixth, especially when the Capitol Police shot that unarmed woman in cold blood in the in the hallway there. You know what? Uh, when's that guy going to be prosecuted or an investigation about that? It won't be as long as the Democrats are in, and I I can almost guarantee you after these midterms, you're going to see a lot of these guys retire. They're going to get voted out, and the ones that know they can't win, they're just going to they're going to bow out. And then maybe the truth will come out about some of the stuff that's been going on. You know, Pritzker he says we've got a balanced budget. He balanced that on federal money. The, some of this COVID relief money. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, sure. That's the equivalent of a guy. That's, that's the equivalent of a guy who's who's way up to the top of his uh, limit on his credit cards, going out and getting another one, and borrow some money, and go. Oh, I, I've got a balanced budget now. Mm-hmm. You know, in a couple of years, when that money's gone. We're going to be right back where we were. Well, yeah, you and, and I, you you and I, you know, you and I are plugged in. We're aware of that, but I mean, the people yeah. that, across the country, they don't they don't know that. You know, as far as far as they know, hey, yeah, they were in deep debt, and now they're balanced. He must have done something right. Yeah, that's what it's going to You know, Pritzker's been down in Florida. He's campaigning down there. He's, he's going to run for president, and I hope he does so we can get him out of Illinois. You know, he's uh, – I've said this many times. There's 102 counties in Illinois, and all he's got to do is win Cook County hmm. to be back in. But uh, this guy that's run against him from southern Illinois, he don't have a chance of beating him. Uh, Darren Bailey. Oh yeah, it's I it's. Think I think it's a it. long shot, but yeah, we'll it's a very long shot. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Greg. All right, Brian. Hey, thank pre- you. Appreciate your input today. Thank you. Uh, let's go to Ken real quick here. Hi, Ken. Hi, Brian. How you doing? Good. Well, 1969. My dad was printer at R. Donnelly and Sons. The same outfit that's in Methuen today, and uh, he. He printed the front page of Life magazine. Really? He was the he was the color proofer. And I just talked to my mom in Arizona. She told me one time Dad didn't come home, and they were selling Donnelly. And uh, the company that was buying Donnelly's this was back in the seventies said they wanted my dad exclusively on the front page. Because they're doing the front page of a uh, uh, a famous actress, I think it was uh, Charlton Heston's wife. Not, not Charlton Heston, uh, Elizabeth Taylor. That's who it was. And oh. he had the color proof. He had the color proof all the uh, splotches out of her face, I guess, to make her look good. Hmm. better. And yeah. he didn't come home for two days, and he was stuck in Chicago. Doing the color proof, but then he gave me a he gave me a a picture of the moon that he had done, and those were good years because uh, I was in a school called Greenwood School at the time. I just met a person uh, downtown Champaign a few years ago that was one of my classmates, Boyd Studnars, and he was like six foot in fourth grade. Wow. And uh, he was a big guy, and he lives in St. Joe now. He married a St. Joe girl. Hmm. And uh, 
and and just a couple blocks away there was a a street called Dobson Avenue and the Panazzo brothers lived there. And my friend Dale DeYoung, his cousin Dennis DeYoung was the lead singer of the band there. Hmm. And the band was called Sticks. Wow. Man. So that your family that your family knew everybody. That's that's a pretty cool year. Yeah, I used to yeah. do cannonballs off the high dive at Willowbrook Swim Club with the lead singer of Sticks. <laughs> that is a great story. Thank you, Ken. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate you, sir. Thank you. 1052. Be right back. Here, let me get another break in, and we'll continue with more here in a second. Yeah, that's a good song on the anniversary of the moon landing, right? 10.54 at DWS. Text says, please, no tuna suggestions on a hot dog. <laughs> okay. We were talking about tuna and mac and cheese the other day. And from Benny, good morning, Brian. I'll have ketchup, mustard, and relish on my hot dogs, but I like brats and Polish sausages better than hot dogs, but hot dogs are good. All right. National Hot Dog Day, too. All right. Dave Leak, our friend, is with us, our colleague. Mr. Leak. Good morning, sir. Good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Yeah. And, you know, barbecue sauce isn't bad on a hot dog either. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. Well, you've got a couple yeah. of you got a couple of factoids for me on the moon landing. Oh, just uh, I know over the years I just collect things, but uh, a lot of it's well known today, but I think a lot of people know that the uh, computer was sending the lunar module to a boulder field and so neil armstrong had to manually land the spacecraft and he had less than a lot less than 30 seconds of fuel left and uh, otherwise they would have crashed and uh, also buzz aldrin after they landed took communion he was he was catholic and uh, they didn't put that on television because the atheists threw a major fit when the apollo 8 crew read from genesis when they went around the moon so mm. that that wasn't wasn't publicized and if you think about it, this was the first time that uh, the crew had gotten out of the lunar module. They actually had trouble with it because the backpacks were so big. They think somebody forgot to measure them. <laughs> and, uh, and Neil Armstrong actually said, one small step for a man, and uh, there was some interference, and so that got garbled, so the A got left out. And, uh, of course, then that's on T-shirts and everything, but it's, it's actually wrong. <laughs> they that's had it. a... Uh, switch that broke off uh, to, to uh, get them off the moon and wasn't sure how they were going to do that. And it ends up that they had a felt tip marker and they inserted the felt tip marker in where the switch was and were able to work the, uh, the ascent thrusters. So thank goodness for felt tip markers. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, lots of fun stuff. It, it's uh, 53 years. It's hard to believe. Isn't that something? Yeah. Now were you yeah, even I, around, were you, were you even around then? Oh yes, I was. <laughs> okay, okay. Because I was, I was real little. I don't. I. Yeah, I actually was about eight and a half. Okay. And the thing was, and I actually told my mom this this morning, who's ninety-two. I told her um, that I was in bed. I had, of course, you know, eight and a half. I had to go to bed. But my dad 
uh, poked his head into my room and said, do you want to watch the moon landing? And so I actually got up and, you know, no VCRs or anything back then. So he actually had a camera on a tripod set up to take pictures off the TV set. And uh, until I stopped teaching a couple years ago, I used those those exact pictures every year when I taught about the uh, when I taught about the moon. So that had a great effect on my life and probably the reason I got into the career I did. Hmm. Hey, Dave, thank you for checking in. You're welcome. Good we'll stuff. Later on, I'm yep. Sure. All right. See you a little later. Bye. Dave Leak, long time at Parkland, of course, planetarium and teaching out there and taught my daughter a class. But uh, now working with us here on a regular basis on all a uh, couple of our stations here. 10.58, I looked. Uh, Jimmy, call me back if you can. I'm, I'm not going to be able to get you on today. But if you can call me back uh, tomorrow, we'll have Diane Marlin on in the 9 o'clock hour. 10 o'clock will be an open line. So we'll talk some more with you then. Do need to get in the fact here that the Beef House, now I'm, I've checked, I don't think they have any hot dogs. I looked here. Now, I went to the kids' menu first because I thought, man, if there's going to be anywhere, it's going to be on the kids' menu. But the kids' menu, they have ribeye steak and fries, chicken tenders and fries, mac and cheese. Child's menu has fried shrimp and fries, fried Alaskan cod and fries, cheeseburger and fries, and grilled cheese and fries. But I don't see any hot dogs in there. But they do have a great sides, mashed potatoes and gravy, broccoli, baked potato, french fries, green beans, onion rings, sandwiches, pork tenderloin, grilled chicken sandwich, Philly cheese steak, baked ham and Swiss. If you want seafood, they got fried shrimp, fresh halibut, etc., etc., lobster tail dinner, and so forth. The Beef House, exit 4, Covington, Indiana, just inside the Indiana State Line. Thanks to Julia Reese today. Thank you to each and every one of you for being with us, listening and participating. That's, as they say, what makes the world go round and makes the show work. So thank you very much. Diane Marlin tomorrow at 9, open line after that. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, stay cool, 11 o'clock.